Happy Friday, everyone. It's your favorite podcasters back for another episode. And this week, we have a very special guest. He's a friend of the show. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop and the one and only Reverend K. Pat. That was close. How about the camera angles? Give them, give them the new crow's nest look. They've already seen them. Man. Oh, they've already yeah. seen them. Oh, Man. Yeah. We've oh, been there. Hello posing. up there, everyone. Somewhere, wow. wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Man. This is a pretty good angle right here as well. It's pretty cool. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. You got it going on, don't yeah, you? She's going on today. Oh, man. The producer is really taking it up a notch. Give us the black one. Can you give mm. us the black shot? Yeah. Just that black that one. square. That's a nice one there. Yeah. That's a nice feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We sound good. Do you hear that sound treatment? Hey! So we, get, we get that studio. Seriously, uh, you can tell the, the difference. Studio treatment going on yeah. in here. You can hear it in your ear. This it's is typical. totally off the That's typical. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, when that came out, I knew someone was going to grab it. Thank you. Mm. I, Thanks for not missing I, that opportunity. I didn't want it to make it all the way around. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do usually here with your nose or what? <laughs> In my headset. Okay, is that better? Is that yeah. better? Right. Yeah. Let's not get off into the dad jokes, please. <clears throat> so a few weeks ago, we had Jacob Phillips on, evangelist Jacob Phillips, and the audience loved him. I mean, we loved him too. He was pretty cool. And, you know, I got a text from him mm-hmm. with the screenshot mm-hmm. of the gone fishing this this is not episode i need mm-hmm. to put out a disclaimer right now and a screenshot um this information of, has hey, not been verified <laughs> yeah, it's, it hasn't been verified it is, is this fake news from the internet yes. no yeah and a screenshot from his episode <clears throat> with with the with the view count oh circled in both of them and he said you need to tell the boys to take their game up <laughs> <laughs> okay. So gone fishing. Yeah. You know, if we had the opportunity, yeah. we could take our game up. Be- because I'll our just... episode was back when our audience size was about one five hundredth of the actually, size. No, it's this one. Well, yeah. Well, that's your episode. That's yours. <laughs> <laughs> that's not gone fishing. That's what it's called. Well, yeah, because we were forced that's not to call gone it that. Fishing. We were forced to call it that. What do you see on that? Oh, yeah. man. Gone fishing. fishing. No. Gone fishing. Uh-huh. Anyway, anyway. Okay, so Brother Jacob God Phillips. God bless Brother Jacob Phillips. He, he was and, awesome. And you, yeah. you were going to read was, a comment? Yeah, or? there's some good comments here. So um, one uh, one listener said, or viewer, I guess we could refer to them as, if that doesn't offend, offend anyone. <clears throat> well, they are on YouTube, so I presume they are viewers. John taught, not preached. And that was really good. So, yeah, he loved that. Uh, this one from Carol says, Brother Phillips is one of my favorite young evangelists. Love from South Haven, Mississippi. Another one says this. This is a good one. Brother Phillips puts the corn in country. <laughs> He's just as deadly with a bow as he is oh. in the pulpit. Oh, excited to listen to how to build a message episode. Hopefully, coming soon. Yeah, we hope that happens too. Well, that we've was... gotten some feedback on that. Yeah, yeah, that was wicked cool. Yeah, wicked. Hey, I just said uh, it. that's where it comes from. Wicked cool. We just found wasn't it, it beast mode too? Wicked cool. Is... A wicked beast mode cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yes to having Brother Phyllis back on Kingdom Speak. Uh, another uh, listener said, we love Odyssey. Uh, everybody just seems to love evangelist Jacob Phillips, and we love him, and uh, we, we love, need him to come back. We love those evangelists. Yeah. He even showed me some uh, pretty sick hog hunting footage that he had. Oh, really? Yeah, that's that's some crazy stuff. That yes. is some crazy stuff uh, for this crazy Canadian. It's not. I don't think I'm up to that at this point. Well, you are an avid hunter, but just not into the hogs. Oh, listen, we yeah. could talk all day about my hunting passion, <laughs> but Bro. not at this time. So is there a gone hunting <laughs> episode? Well, <going>? there's potential. <laughs> if we could do a we could do a live Kingdom Speak hog hunt. <clears throat> oh, we'd okay. Have, we'd find nice. a new hogs. Mm-hmm. Get that a would be good. Variety going here. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, if nice. you haven't heard in the intro, um, we have a live breathing guest. In the studio with us today. Yes, mm-hmm. um, it's nice. A to, returning. We're balancing out the uh, the age gap on the show, so we have overrepresented the youth for quite some time now at this table, and now we've added another seat of experience at the table to to help balance that out. And we're really happy that we've achieved that. More today. overdue need for that balance, I can tell you that. And yeah, it's it's been some time. Yeah, yeah. So there's potential that there may be one less breathing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. The we, old guy may yes. croak before it's over. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> nice recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice recovery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know where y'all thought I was. Going. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, welcome back. It's good to have you here. It's an honor to be back. Yeah. yeah. Man, we're looking forward to this week. We're, yes, rec- we're recording on uh, on a Monday. I know you're hearing this on Friday, but mm-hmm. we're ho- recording on a Monday, and we have a full week mm-hmm. of episodes we're recording with uh, Brother Patrick, Brother Townley, mm-hmm. Bishop Odom. So uh, the studio is going to be a hot spot over the next three or four days, so we're wouldn't looking forward to it. Wouldn't it be cool if the King to Speak audience... Had access to that stuff. Well, wouldn't it be cool? I wonder if that's a possibility. <laughs> if there's only a way, <clears throat> somebody should think about that. He's looking for he's looking for which button to push right now. <laughs> yeah. He's staring that's at helpful. No, I'm just, I, I have all these I'm buttons. Just, I'm just I'm just gonna <laughs> let it go for now. We're oh, good. <laughs> what button was you gonna push? Uh, Come on. No, I'm good. No, <laughs> yeah. I was about to go on the bullhorn and make an announcement. But oh, I, good. I, I, oh. No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, no, come good. on. No, no, we're good. I'm going to behave for now. Oh. Behave for now. Well, a conviction's already in the house. It is. Yes. It's tough. Yes. It's tough. So we were blessed yesterday <clears throat> by the ministry of Brother Patrick. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Mm-hmm. Wow. Good stuff. Wow, God was in the house mm-hmm. all day. Um, and so we, we appreciate him being willing to come on and mm-hmm. record an episode that we can share mm-hmm. with our Kingdom Speak audience at this time. Yes, sir. Um, a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned mm-hmm. that we had Jacob Phillips yeah. on, and he, we discussed the importance of word-based preaching. Yeah. And as you can tell from mm-hmm. our comments, that really did resonate with with our audience. So interestingly enough, in discussion, 
And that's part of what we've tried to capture on Kingdom Speak is just the discussion of preachers conversing at at the table. Yeah. And and this weekend we've kind of just circled this this topic of the word of God. Right. And the role that it plays not just in day-to-day lives but but also not just in preaching. We 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 want to fully embrace the totality of, of the impact that the Word of God has on every facet of our life. Mm-hmm. And you raised some great points in discussion, so we're just going to chat about them today. Um, but we're, we're glad that you're here and look forward to the conversation. Absolutely. I'm honored to be back, and uh, I'm glad that every now and then I can drift through and balance out the age discrepancies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Yeah. And... Uh, it was an honor yesterday to be with all the good people of God here in Plaster Rock and always a treat for me personally. So thank you. Well, you are a blessing. You are mm. a blessing. And did you pack any neckties? That's what I'm... Um, oh, well... I don't really... They're still packed, I guess. I, oh. Is this the new trend? Is this the new us? Randy? Hey. I guarantee you... Following suit. <laughs> following suit and you're telling me about the dad jokes hey dad jokes are safe on this show they just slide right in there and people think they're normal oh, but yeah. they're not well this room would be full of ties over the next few days so <laughs> yes it will <laughs> amen to that yes it will and I white promise shirts. and white shirts <laughs> <laughs> yes oh, that's great man <laughs> So um, I'm, I'm going to toss it to you to set up what we what we talked about over the weekend, um, just about the centrality of the Word of God and right. how God communicates with us. Right. So um, there obviously are two parts to um, communicating, I believe, with the Spirit, with God. Um, obviously he moves on us by his spirit, but he also speaks primarily through his word. And I know when I say that there's a element of people that are going to tune out and say, Whoa, but God will never speak. This is a pretty blanket statement. God will never contradict his word. Right. So he'll never speak right. to us in a spiritual nature. Right that contradicts what his word has already established about him. Mm -hmm. So um, Psalms 138, David said, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship. I apologize. I forgot to let our official reader read scripture today. Oh, no, I... I, I, I digress. I don't read the Bible on Mondays. (laughs) Okay, so... (laughs) In fact, probably the only time he reads the Bibles on the show. Oh, oh. shots fire! Oh, oh. <clears throat> you might want to hit that megaphone button. The Bible Psalms one thirty. What? I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my Palm, turn. Palms. <laughs> palms or Psalms? Yeah. One hundred thirty-eight Psalm. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then we're going to go from there two to the two Corinthians. Yeah. Two yes. Corinthians. <laughs> yeah. I will praise thee with my whole heart before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple. Interesting. And praise thy name well there for yeah. thy loving kindness toward. and for thy truth. Yes. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Mm. So I know this is a well-used passage of scripture. I, you know, we say that, but I guess every passage should be well used. But um, David said that you've magnified your word above all thy name. So the greatest magnification, the greatest mm -hmm. descriptive ability that we have of God is his word. Now, obviously, as apostolics and one God believers, we can follow that all the way through right. as we did in discussion the other day, that the greatest revelation of the Word of God is when the Word became flesh. Mm -hmm. Yes. That was the yes. greatest uh, manifestation. revelation, manifestation right. of the Word of God. But mm -hmm. when it comes to the written Word, um, there are people who know the name of Jesus all over the world, followers, non-followers, believers, non-believers. Mm-hmm that do not line up with the revealed will of God. So just knowing the name is not enough. Good. That's good. You can't mm. discover That's good. everything about God or much about God just knowing the name mm. of Jesus. Although that's another whole discussion about the name, obviously. But just knowing the name is not enough. His word is his greatest description of himself it's the greatest description of god and of us our relationship with god our relationship with others um, everything that we can know about god in an absolute way comes through the word of god mm. and so and he and he by reason of that text places that in supremacy yes david certainly does um uh, he, he places his personal experience between the word and what he would know as the name. Obviously, he didn't have the full revelation like we do. Um, but all the things that he understood about God, he saw in a greater way through the word of God. Right. He understood more about God through what he through the word of God. So, in in the New Testament era, I would simply say that. We can't just be spirit-driven. There has to be a, 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 a focus on the Word of God and, and what the Word of God has to say about a particular thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and not just say, well, I felt God speak this to me or felt God speak that to me. That, that Word, is Jesus said, sanctify them through, through. thy Word. Yes. Thy word is truth. Truth. So So can can I can I push back on one area here yeah. just in in the sense of I'd never thought of it <clears throat> until you mentioned that God never speaks in contradiction with his word. So I'm pushing back while agreeing. Yeah. But this is this is just what came to my mind while you said that is with maybe this caveat if you receive, because you just said, thy word is truth. So if you receive not the love of the truth, 
Yeah. Then he will send a delusion. Yeah. So at that moment, that will come in contradiction to his word. Yeah. Well, it's not a true contradiction because it's a fulfillment. A, well, then there's that. <laughs> yes. So. But 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 within the eyes of the yeah. of the deceived. Yes. Yes. Right. The recipient of the delusion yeah. will look and go, "Well, God's telling me this, even though someone's giving them ample scripture to debate and right. refute." My only, the Bible does say that God will send them a strong delusion. I guess my pushback to yeah. that would be. There's, you know, in, in the Old Testament story with Jehoshaphat, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which king was it that he was married yeah. to his daughter? Yeah. Um, when, when the time came for him to be deceived, God said, who, who will do it? And a spirit. A lying being, spirit. A lying spirit said, I will go. Wow. So I guess my, my, my deal would be, is it God speaking or is it God allowing that individual to hear what they want to hear? Fair, because it doesn't say he speaks. Yeah. He says he'll send. Yeah. And, and so that, that, that's not one that's and the my same. Analytical mind. Yeah, very good. Parsing all the. Very good. <laughs> I know I don't, uh, I just don't want to be on that no, end of I revelation. I don't want to ever. The problem is, you know, I don't want to figure out how you do that because once you do that, you don't know that you're even there. So that's it. Yeah, let, let me speak to the story that I heard on uh, Brother Urshan talking on Biblos yeah. about, and I shared this with you the other day, and maybe that's why that's fresh on my mind. He said that his grandfather and um, a friend of his that had, had just taken – an apostolic Bible-based church and just led it completely astray. They were they were talking, and the man looked at Bishop Urshan and said, "But God spoke to me, yeah. hmm. and he and and he told me in his words yeah. that this was what this was the path. This is what I should do." And Brother Urshan said his, that his grandfather began weeping and saying, do you know what, I, I, I don't doubt that he did. Wow. And what an alarming, and I don't mean to get derailed in that because no, that's not necessarily the focus of today, no. but when you said that a few moments ago, yeah. because that is, that is so true, you have to measure everything that you deem God speaking to you yeah. through. You have to measure it against the, the the written word of God. Right. And I'll tell you where really this this started unfolding for me personally in ministry. Over twenty six years of ministry, seeing these trends that come through. Mm. You know, and I, I I hesitate to use any lest there be any out there that uh are just tied it's, to some of these, you know. It's okay. It's just us. Uh, yeah. It's just <clears throat> us in this room. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll edit this out. You can, just, <laughs> I sure you can you feel will. free to say what you want. Well, when we get to that point, we'll just go. Beep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, but but trends where something like you know, well, 
I, I danced on one foot on the left side of the sanctuary and got my miracle, received my miracle. Right. So then because that worked, we create this idea that if you want yeah. your miracle, you ought to come over here on this side and dance on one foot. Mm-hmm. Yes. And these things just catch on. You know, yes. Yes. And they show up in all kinds of ways, um, and and well, okay, well, let's just go here. Uh, when I was pastoring in Mississippi, I, I dealt with this a little bit because it was so apparently there was this trend going around where, well, I might get in trouble here. I don't know. You guys may do this, Uh-oh. <laughs> but <laughs> where the women were taking their hair, yeah. And laying it on because there's power with the yes. angels you know, laying it on people. Yeah. Well, this is kind of where I, I got into. Okay, show me where that's in the Bible. Right. I can't deny that maybe that happened for someone. Sure. But do we take that event and make it a doctrine without some kind of validity to back it up in the Word of God? Didn't that happen in the Word of God even with the touching of the hem? of yeah. the garment, you, then you read where, and yeah. many came. It's yeah. like that, that began mm-hmm. to, yeah. Yeah. to I, be the yeah. So that kind of started me down this road or this thought process of, you know, the Bible is supreme. Yes. It is the, it is the supreme authority when it comes to the things of God, the kingdom of God, how it operates, its structure, its principles, its doctrines, its boundaries. Mm. The word of God is supreme. So don't, you can't come to me and say, well, I've had this revelation. And I, I, I sat with a guy one time for three hours uh, on a particular subject and doctrine. And the thing he kept coming back to was, well, I had a dream. And in this dream, God had taken me uh, to a dumpster. And I was digging out treasures out of the trash and... God was showing me that these were things nobody thought were valuable. They'd thrown them away and they were hidden. Okay. You know? Yeah, well, well, show me in the Word of God where this is. Sure. Absolutely. You know, so. Right. Ended up on this little journey where the Bible is supreme. Now, that does not in any way, you know, some people say, well, you're either word-based or spirit-based. And... um you can't be apostolic and just be one of those. No, for sure. There has to be a for sure. uh, somewhat of a balance between both, uh, but the Word of God still has to take preeminence. Uh, I've, I've described it this way. The Word of God has to be the rails yeah. that the Spirit rides on right. to, to keep it from getting off into the nether regions of lunacy. Right. That it's very capable of. And even in us establishing our personal convictions and our boundaries of of fellowship, and we have to be careful to keep the Word of God supreme, Mm -hmm. to make sure that, um, you know, and you and I talked a little bit about you know, maybe being in a situation where um, there's a conflict. Okay, so, so show me where I'm wrong in my doctrine. Right. Show me where I'm wrong in my separation 
mm-hmm. true biblical holiness. Show me where I'm wrong in my approach to worship and praise. And Okay, so check all those boxes. Oh, it's over here in this boundary area. Right. That you disagree or you have an right. issue. Right. Um, you draw it a little different yeah. than I do. So. so being careful not to take those peripheral things that I feel like for me are a safe zone and making them equal to the Word of God. Right. So they carry the same supremacy and authority as the Word of God does. So there's there's two sides to this. Number one, the one side is um, the Word of God is not isolated. We know the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Mm-hmm. So if you if you just bring the word and there is no life, you're just killing people, right? And driving people away. The spirit has to bring life to that word. Um, and then on the other side, you can't just be so um, you can't identify with the well. The, the spirit led me here. The spirit led me here. The spirit led me here. And all that's equal to the validity of the word of God, right? So there's exactly. This, there's this balance. So while you're talking balance, and you've been highlighting the off kilter uh, equilibrium of someone being, you know, well, God spoke this to me in a dream, and and yeah. I I don't know I don't know the the amount from your area and how much of this was just regional, but you know I've heard my dad talk about the latter day. Yeah. Uh, movement where, you know, people were, the spirit was moving on them and they were prophesying that you are going to be with her and she was going to be with you and this was going to happen. And man, it it just had, it had churches in this area and in an an upheaval. Well, then, then there was an an overcorrection by some and even in the history of our local church where where worship was clamped down. Everything prophetic, went back the other way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we've, we've talked about that side of it. A question that I would have for you is what about the unbalance on the side of someone who is looking for more leeway than what the Word of God has for them? They're, they're, want, they're wanting to lighten the load. So... For, let, let me just give a complete hypothetical um, application. But because, because the word television is not mentioned in Scripture, yeah. then you have no authority to preach against television right. and to draw a, a line around that. Right. So on that side of it, I mean, you have those who get so super spiritual that God is speaking to them about what they're going to eat for breakfast and what they're going to. And then you have those that are... If, 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 if it doesn't spell it completely out in the Word of God, then I'm free. Right. I'm not bound to it. Yeah. Well, my, my answer to that is, um, the way I have taught that for years, number one, holiness belongs to God. Uh, this isn't original with me, but the idea that uh, God wanted to dwell among his people, but he has to have a, a sanctified place to dwell. Right. Mm. So he yes. he created the tabernacle. 
Yes. Okay, nothing in that tabernacle in and of itself is sanctified, sacred, or holy. Sure. It's all earthly matter. Right, you can take the same cup, right. mm-hmm. pull it outside of the system, right, and it's a common cup. The only distinguish, distinguishing factor in the temple is that it was anointed. Uh. Once it becomes anointed for that purpose, it becomes sacred. So... Ask Belshazzar how how sacred. And so now everything inside of that temple, including the tabernacle itself, is now holy because it's been consecrated unto God. God has anointed it, set it apart unto himself to dwell in among an ungodly people. Mm -hmm. So that becomes a holy place, and there are unbelievable restrictions put upon who can go in, what they can perform inside mm. because of its sacredness and holiness. Mm. That, and that belongs to God. I cannot take any thing that I want to be holy or sacred and make it equal to what God has made holy. Very good. But neither can I take anything that God has made holy and sacred and bring it into a commonplace. Mm. So I, I don't have the ability to do either. So I cannot create a boundary that's as holy as God's holiness. Yes. Yes, absolutely. But obviously from the story in Exodus 19, where Moses is told to sanctify the people and to be ready against the third day that he's going to go up into the mountain. The Bible says, Thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that you go not up into the mount or touch the border of it. Mm. Whosoever toucheth the mount shall be surely put to death. So God establishes that. This is how far you can go, and this is what you can do. And if you violate that, you're going to die. So he tells Moses, you set a bound. And we've all heard Bishop Booker talk about this, that God did not tell him where to put that. Right, right. He just told him he wanted separation. He wanted separation. You decide where. And for me as a minister, this gets weighty because God put the the safety of the people into the man's hands. Right. Because hmm. if they break through and touch the mountain, I'm going to kill them. Right, God. you're going to draw the line, but I'm going to do the the the, yeah. the border patrol. <laughs> so the thing with me is that the people can touch the bound and live. They can get right up to the whatever kind of boundary Moses set about the mountain. They can get right up to it and lean on it. Hmm. They can even, even perhaps they could even step a foot beyond and still live. But when they touch God's holiness, huh. so you go back to your your television analogy, and I would say it in in the sense of of Hollywood. Sure. Um, so you don't have a right to tell me that I can't have a television. Mm-hmm. What's your authority to tell me I can't watch Hollywood? That's not listed in the Word of God anywhere. No, but homosexuality is. Mm-hmm. Adultery is, murder is, and all the things that are depicted mm-hmm. by it. 
and that can lead, and this is a little side note here, something interesting Jesus said to his to the Pharisees about his disciples eating with unwashed hands. It's not what goes in. Right, right. It's what comes, it's out. What comes out. What does it produce inside mm-hmm. that then comes out? Right. So drawing a line that says sitting down and watching a Hollywood movie is a sin, it's not what's going in. Right, but it's what it's producing What is What you. is coming Ooh. out of your life by what you're taking in. Yes. So... Because when it comes out, it's coming out in abundance, right? Yeah, out of the abundance of the heart. Right. Out of the abundance of... You're speaking out of the surplus. Yeah. And out of... Jesus said out of... From the inside comes adultery and murders and envy and strife. So... Wow. So the boundary that is set, let's just keep with this analogy, the boundary that is set, hey, you know, you you should stay away from Hollywood and television. Because if you ever touch adultery, that's God's violation, that you're in God's territory now. Right. If you ever touch murder and envy and strife, Mm -hmm. you're now in God's dimension. Yes. And when you touch God's holiness... There's a penalty to pay. So the man of God builds a safety place. A buffer. A buffer. A buffer zone. Of of a standard or a guideline and says, hey, if you don't even want to get close to touching God's holiness. Respect the fence. You ought to stay on this side of the fence. Right. And... The, the, the object is not to see how close to violating God's holiness you can get and live. Oh. The object is to see how safe you can live without always being afraid. Did I, did I pass it? Did I violate it? Did I? Yeah, and, and I, I think that speaks so much about the individual because if, you're, if, if, if your attitude is what can I get by with and still survive, Yeah. how close... How close to the forbidden can I get without mm-hmm. without consuming it? Right. Rather than, man, I want to be as far away from that which God deems right. fatalistic to my spiritual man. Right. And we know what that is through the Word of God. We don't have yes. to question about what that yes. is. There is no gray areas about well that's a gray area well not when it comes to god's holiness and separation he he's, yes you know he, he he's pretty emphatic about coming out and be separate saith the mm. lord and touch not the unclean thing and i will be a father unto you mm. and you will be sons and daughters so he's he's pretty emphatic in his word about those areas and what they are the works of the flesh and um, the things that that he deems to be um, unholy, and so when I hear somebody degrade another man's boundaries, and this may be a little harsh, but it's just reality. It spe- It says to me that that individual is ignorant, or unlearned, or wow. refuses to understand the value. Of keeping people safe. Huh. Wow. When wow. you degrade another man for where he 
tries to keep people hmm. in, and we know every part can be abused. It can be abused. Safety can be abused as well sure. as profane things. Sure. They can both be abused. So, so let's not get trapped in tearing down fences because they've been abused before. Yeah. And, and something interesting along these lines is that when you study out remove not the ancient landmarks, the whole concept, by, of course, we all know that, that the ancient landmarks were boundaries. It, it all starts with, with the tribes. God gives each tribe uh, inheritance, and the boundaries are marked off. Right. And we know from the story of Naboth and the Old Testament that, that some of these people took it serious. The Word of God said, you cannot give your inheritance to another. Sure. So it has to stay within the clan Within the tribe, well, they even address that with marriage, right? If you marry yeah. someone from another tribe, you can't take <clears throat> yeah. your inheritance with you. Right. So remove not the ancient landmarks. And when you when you study that out, really and truly, the motivation for moving landmarks is greed. Mm. It's taking what's not yours. So. Your landmark's here, and I want part of what you have. My greed drives me to push yes. your landmark yes. away and take what is yours. Yes. It's the motivation that's addressed, that these, these boundaries are set by God, and they mark off, they distinguish between places and and the greed that, if I rem- I'm remembering correctly, I don't have it in front of me right now, but that whole proverb that talks about that deals with greed. So, do you want to talk about proverbs? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually did a, a an entire year almost and went through the entire proverbs. Really, on a midweek Bible study. Oh wow! But would you care to share? Um, I mean. You know, there's not much to share. We just went through it verse by verse. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the context is, and how I see it, most holiness is torn down for greed. Bigger crowds, more money, bigger churches. Oh! Uh, so, Boom! Boy, I mean, that came out of nowhere. Ouch. Greed. Wow. It, it's, uh, I, I, it's... How about, let's put, let's put some more word on that. The love of money is the root of all evil. All. So even the moving of that. Yeah. And I would I would even take it a step further and say the greed that says, I'm tired of not being able to do what they can do. Mm. I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to have that. I want to be able to partake of that. Mm. I don't like these restrictions. Well, the problem is the, the the more boundaries you move out of greed because you want to participate in a particular action or watch a particular thing or dress a particular way moves you closer to the violation yes. of God's holiness. Wow. And that's where you get in trouble. You don't get in trouble with me. Maybe, you know, you can't sing on the platform or you can't teach Sunday school 
if you if you're not willing to commit to this and I know everybody kind of operates different in that realm but ultimately the more of those things you dismantle because of greed you want to partake of the closer you get to being in jeopardy of, of one of God's mm-hmm. holiness. And, and, and that is lethal. And that's lethal. And that's, um, that's deadly, and it also, uh, you push on that long enough, and God will turn you over. Wow. You know, um, a, few, a few weeks ago, we, we taught on the importance of distance keeping your distance mm-hmm. we, we may do some episodes on it but the distance is something that has to be respected in the kingdom yeah you just keep your space and and without without ruining the whole thing even with God himself you're not supposed to get too close to him. Now that that flies totally yeah. in the face of many of the cliches that we use in Pentecost. You know, yeah. draw me nearer, and we need to be close to God, yeah. and we need to be pursuant of. Right. But anybody that you talk to that has been in a moment where where let, let's use Isaiah as an example, yeah. the "woe is me" moment where. The glory they are experiencing is is of a magnitude that is earth shaking. Yeah. It creates it creates an awe and a reverence and a fear in you. Yeah. Because you're we're not we're not we can't handle the holiness of God. Right. There has to be space. So to me, what we're talking about at this particular juncture is it's up to you to find a scriptural based boundary right of protection around that which i think points back ultimately to the original sin yeah of of you know half god half god said and, mm. and adam clearly had told eve now she ascribed it to god but we know god didn't say you couldn't touch it right he just said don't eat it I think we see an example of the first breach right. of a barrier culminating in a fatalistic disobedience. Right. And that's through the years I've I've seen this and, and taught this exactly what you're saying. What happens is, you know, you hear your, your pastor say, you know, we don't we don't go to movies, we don't watch Hollywood, uh, we don't do this, we don't do that. As a, and so some of these things are this are this buffer, this distance that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, they slip around and go to the movies, and God doesn't judge them. Sure. There's no lightning. There's no tragic car wreck on the way home. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So that, that wasn't bad. <laughs> I'd probably do that again. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, there's this idea that because there wasn't an immediate reaction to some perceived wrong, right, that they're okay. Right. And that they've been misled. Right. And so they keep indulging until the actions are there that violate. 
And so, yeah, even in, in building these, these boundaries, um, I like what you said about distance from God. It reminds me of a story my dad used to tell. My dad went to um, Pentecostal Bible Institute in okay. Tupelo, Mississippi, PBI, yeah. which later became Jackson College of Ministries. Um, and they were just, he was already married. He was in his 20s. And uh, some of him and his friends decided they were going to go to the church and pray until God showed up personally. Mm. So they went in the prayer room. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they went in the prayer room, locked the door. And he said, we were in there for several hours, just, God, show us your glory. Reveal yourself to us. And exactly what you described is what he described happened to them. Wow. The door they locked opened. And he said, all I can tell you is that a presence stepped in so overpowering that it scared all of us to death. And we all screamed and jumped up and ran out of that prayer room. <laughs> and he said, I've never done that again ever in my Absolutely. Life. Yeah, be careful with that. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a... I, I think that that... That, that scene in, in the story of, of Joshua telling the people, uh, it's a new day. It's a new thing. We've never been this way before. No. Now stay 2,000 cubits behind the ark. Yeah. Keep your distance. Right. You, you just, and 2,000 cubits is, is, is a long ways. <clears throat> you know, I, I don't know, depending on what metric you use for right. measurement, it, it's, it's the better part of a mile. Yeah. That, they, that that was supposed to stay out ahead of them right? so that they would know which way to go. Yeah. So, so the idea that we just draw lines where sin is and go, so that's sin and that's not. And you can play right up here next to sin, just don't sin. Yeah. Just, I mean, you, you, can just, you can dance right on this line next to sin, but it's okay yeah. as long as you don't sin. Right. Then every misstep becomes fatalistic. And, and one of the things that I've seen in, in recent times is um, this this approach or this idea that we've been misled, that, that we've got a lot of things we were we were taught and established as truth and principles and doctrine that don't measure up with the word of God. Now that mm. that's a that's a discussion that can go oh man many directions. Yeah. But the point I want to make right here is what it what are you after <clears throat> to even want to make an issue of something that doesn't matter? Mm. You're saying it doesn't matter. Yeah. So then why does so, it matter to you? So what what is the purpose? <laughs> what is the motive? Right, for making an issue over something that you're saying doesn't matter. Mm. Hmm. So what what downline from what doesn't matter are you after? Well, and how far? How big is the step? Using your analogy, from what doesn't matter 
to what does. to breaching what does matter. Right. Right. Yeah. What what is the distance between the two? Yeah. Because in our human condition, we all have got to agree misstepping is part of our nature. Right. At the, our fallen nature is that we don't walk in a straight line. Yeah. There's deviation. There's right. there's amongst the best of us. Right. There is a meandering and a wandering. Yeah. And so if, if, if you're going to walk on the edge of the cliff, yeah. that below is sin and above is righteousness, and, and you're just, yeah. then, then every time you trip on a shoelace, yeah. you're having to be rescued from over a cliff. Yeah. You know, because not some people survive. I just read this morning about the 13-year-old boy this week that at the Grand Canyon got to the edge and went to move to let some other people by and was holding on to a rock and lost his grip, fell 100 feet and survived. They had to repel down and get him in a basket to get him out of there. Several broken bones, a lot of injuries, but he's alive and will recover. But how many people have had that fall mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. didn't survive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that, that's yeah. the point. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there any any variation on that razor-thin margin. And so circling back to what what really got us started on this is the word and that word-based foundation yep. of not being led by some uh, fleeting ember that you have deemed a burning bush. Right. And 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 now it's become the guiding yeah. light for your life. Somewhere between, you know, well, God spoke to me. Now I know the, the we can't find proof in the Bible, and, and and Pastor doesn't necessarily see it the way I see it. But man, God spoke to me. Yeah. Somewhere between that and what we've been talking about the last few moments is that necessary Bible-based equilibrium. Right. That, that we've got to find both spirit and word. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, talking about just a, a biblical foundation, um, at the end, you know, and I, I've said this many, many times in preaching, people get so hung up on saying, man, I felt this and I felt that and I felt this and I felt that and, um, well, unfortunately, I mean, that's all good. We like the emotional part of the spirit. But unfortunately, when we get to judgment, the question is not going to be, how would you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> we will be judged by the word of God. Yes. And I've told people, you know, they go to different gospel singings and hear motivational speakers and pastor, how can they be wrong? How can they be in error? You know, I felt, I felt, I felt. Uh, and, you know, surely, so good. you know, they, they were dressed like this and they partake in this and it still felt like this. Well, there's a lot of dynamics to that. But the, the point here is, well, that's fine. That's great. Sure. But, that's not going to be the final judgment. You're going to answer for the word of God. They're going to answer for the word of God. So 
you can't go on just feeling right what you felt in the moment um, it has to be word based it has to be foundational well and I think if any of us are honest <clears throat> if you take if you take it and zoom out and make it an, an application across life how many times has your feelings deceived you yeah so so we we, we don't like we don't like being around anybody that lives their life exclusively off of feelings. Right. Well, I just get up this morning and felt like driving on the left hand side of the road. Well, good. Yeah. Not on my road though, because we operate off of facts. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So there there has to be the, the anybody that's been around an individual that is struggling to pull their life together because they live it in feelings. Yeah. Impulse. Uh, yeah. Totally. It's just, so today I feel good, so I'm doing good. Yeah. And tomorrow I feel yeah. depressed, so I, I'm just I'm just out the bottom. Right. I'm not even going to show up to work. Right. No, somewhere you just have to, you have to find a moral compass. And yeah. again, I'm talking even outside of those that, that we understand the Word of God is that foundation but just yeah. just as a general application right society doesn't want to hang around people that just go off of feelings yeah they're unpredictable people that's right very much so you know the, there's a whole movement out there that you know in the business world that talks about uh, you, you don't let your emotions talk to you yeah you talk to your emotions you know, so it's it's the principle that's there, the same concept. What um, what is it that Ben Shapiro says? Facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah, yeah, facts. <laughs> facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah, I, what bring what comes to my mind is a saying Rush Limbaugh used to have um, that professionalism is doing what you know you're responsible to do, even when you don't feel like doing it. Mm. Hmm. That's good. Yeah, very good. So you, you may wake up wanting to smoke a cigarette today. Yeah. You know, well, the Bible yeah. doesn't say I can't, you know. There. <laughs> yeah. But you have to go on that premise, that foundation, that what, where's that lead? You know, what, what is that producing in my life? And is that violating a safety? Now, obviously, we all feel like we can go to the Word of God, you know, that that the, the, the temple of God shouldn't be defiled and shouldn't be in, a, you know, right. accord with... Um, let's Belial. Around. Belial, yep. So what, what accord, you know, what agreement? But in reality, it's the same principle. I'm going to base my actions off of staying in a place that's secure and safe. Both for me and if you're married and have a family and pastor a church, influence other people, and we all do in some respect, uh, then it's a trickle out effect, right? Ripple out effect. Making sure my life is based on that foundation of the Word of God and not just my emotions and feelings. Wow. Wow. So it's not just word based preaching, and then it needs to be word based living. Amen. That's the title, word-based living. Word-based living. There, there it is. 
Well, it took us a minute to get there. Wow. <laughs> what a moment. Didn't that feel good? <laughs> that was hard work. <laughs> <laughs>